1: Christian News Weekly Roundup. It was a rough week in the news, um, but Nikki's got a beautiful new haircut. So that's good (laughs) news. And uh, yeah, let's get to it. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer. And this is my lovely wife, Nikki. Hello. So before we dive into this show today, honey, is there anything you would like to say?
0: Uh, just praise God, your brother's home from his deployment sooner than we thought. So that's awesome. I'm very happy.
1: Yes, but shame on him because he hasn't even called me yet. which is uh,
0: <laughs> Maybe you'll he's going to surprise that. you. I don't know. Maybe you I shouldn't have said anything surprise a 36-year-old. <laughs>
1: So yeah, he's back. That is good news. Um, I'm sure his wife is happy. I'm happy. He's wasting me in fantasy football, uh, which I'm not happy about. I'm terrible at fantasy football. Like every year I just, I could just light $50 on fire and it'd probably serve me as well as playing fantasy football, which is weird. Cause I know a lot about sports and I just, don't know a lot about winning fantasy football games. And it's funny because I sit there and watch football with my son and he's asking me about fantasy football. I'm like trying to explain it to him. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm awful at this. Like, why am I telling him anything other than I'm terrible? So yeah, pray for me because my fantasy football is terrible. I'd like, I'd at least like to win enough Because if you win in our league, the way it is, sorry, we're kind of getting on tangent now, but in our (laughs) league, if you finish, I think in the top three in the league, your dues are paid for the next season, and then if you finish in the top two or finish number one, you get a pot. You know, it's just ten of us that play in it and stuff. But I would like to at least get my dues paid for for the next year. (laughs) That would be a blessing, Um, but no. So. There was still no, uh, Mars Hill podcast this week, no. maybe next week. You know, it's funny cause we're doing this little podcast thing and you know, it's a struggle and it's hard, but one of the things you always learn about, you know, if you start looking at like, Hey, how do you build a podcast? How do you build a YouTube channel? All these sorts of things are like, consistency is key. <laughs> That's like the number one thing they'll tell you. Be consistent. People have to know when they can find you and where they can find you. And that's something we've certainly tried to do in like, I mean, I guess God bless Christianity today's platform because they don't...
0: Did they have anything out?
1: No, they had nothing out and they don't care at all about consistency. Um, So maybe all of that is means nothing to anybody. Um, I don't know. Maybe next week they'll have something and that would be great. We'll certainly review. I actually just saw another podcast that... We may get into reviewing as well, maybe in the meantime, because it's something I think certainly needs to be discussed. So stick around for that. Uh, I may bring some of that up next week. We'll see next Saturday or something like that. Um, Either way, unless something strange happens, Nikki might be rolling solo on the next show. So we'll see how that goes. Um, It goes (laughs) pray for her because I do a lot of the technical work. Um, So if it stinks, I'm sorry, but that is how we do things. I'm trying to figure out the best way to make it as easy as possible. I feel like I have an idea in my mind of how to make it easier. And then I went in the complete opposite direction. So we need a lot of prayer, but stick around. I'm sure Nikki's episode will probably be better than anything I can put up. But um, or she may just review Mars Hill on her own. And then maybe, you know, she'll trash Mark Driscoll right along with Mike Cosper and everybody (laughs) at Christianity Today. And I'll have to come in
0: and tell her where she's (laughs)
1: from. So, no, kind of looking at the news of the week. um, And just kind of a heads up on where things may be going, because we were looking at a bunch of different news stories. The one that I was really interested in. Um, was kind of talking about Will Smith, but um, we may be trending away from worldly news. Um, Nikki, I mean, if you want to talk about this, you can. Felt a little more Mm -hmm. convicted um, than I did about, you know, touching on stories like that. But if you want to just share with them why we may be going away from that.
0: Well, I just think if we're coming at it from an angle, um, if there's people who say they represent Christ, you know, there's, celebrities and, I don't know, any famous person, especially sports, you know, they have a a name that they're a Christian, but we know they're not. So if it's somebody that other Christians might be looking up to because they just say they're a Christian, then maybe we'll cover it. But if it's just worldliness, like who cares about tabloid stuff? Like there's no reason to talk about how sinful the sinful world is, is what I mean. Like it's, I don't know what we're going to learn from them. Like, we're called to judge the church, not to judge the world. So I don't know. I just kind of feel just weird when I'm reading articles about worldliness. Like, what else do you expect from people who don't know God? Like, I'm not interested in it. I'm not entertained by it. if it was a Christian who's in sin, then I'm more inclined to want to talk about it because— Like I said, other Christians might be learning how to walk by looking to them, although we're all supposed to look to Christ, not to each other. Right. So if you guys understand, I guess that makes sense to you. I mean, you brought it up.
1: Yeah. And we'd like to hear from you guys. If you've watched us for a while or you listen to the podcast, I mean, we'd like to know if you, because my whole idea of touching on these stories, obviously I don't care personally about Will Smith. Kind of my whole idea of even looking at the news in the first place was kind of how should a Christian maybe approach these stories? You know, we have friends, we have family, we have kids, and like they would know about a Will Smith or they might hear about something. You know, we've talked about little Nas X in the past. So while us as Christians may not care or we see the sinfulness of it, the idea was more like how can you address these stories or these issues, if you may be unfamiliar, but your kid comes up and is like, oh, I just heard this cool little Nas X song. And if you're unaware of who Lil Nas X is, you know, you might, your kid may be getting led astray, you know, into basically antichrist, Satanist type things where, you know, the idea of, at least in my mind, touching on that sort of stuff was just to kind of give you at least some little bit of ammunition of how would you maybe combat a story like that. And that was kind of my thought with like the Will Smith story, you know, yeah. it kind of talking about marriages not being monogamous and, you know, but.
0: But why are we shocked? That's the way the world is, you know, like. True. Ooh, and I'm I definitely surprised.
1: don't think you're wrong in that we shouldn't be focused on the world. Uh, I just you know, and we'll see me and Nikki will obviously talk well, and pray the scripture more about that it.
0: That came to I was trying to search for, I was like, I know there's a scripture kind of about this, but it says to expose, um, wickedness. I, think that was Ephesians 5, 12. Um, I did not write it down. I don't have a handy, but it'll be on the screen. Expose it darkness. Is. But at the same time it says right after that, it's shameful to even speak of those things that are done in secret. So, how do you expose it without talking about it? You know, but that's how I feel. Like I feel like it's a shameful thing to talk about what worldly people, people are doing. Like, like, why are we talking about it? Like, it, I don't know. It's just, we're supposed to be like backing away from sin. So when you get into it and you're like entertained by it, or you feel drawn to be curious about it, it just feels, I don't know. It was just bugging my spirit today. when we were reading that. When I was reading the article, I was like, I don't like this. I don't like how it makes me feel reading about it. Like, why do I care?
1: Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, again, you know, we have a little bit conflicting ideas. I mean, I guess my thought was kind of more of that, like, don't be ignorant of the devil's devices kind of thing. And if you don't really know about what the devil's doing in the world, but that may not be right either. So it
0: is kind of a thing, like we shouldn't have to be telling other Christians like, Hey, this person over here, don't learn from them. We shouldn't even have our eyes on these people to begin with. Like we shouldn't tell Christians, oh, don't be deceived by Will Smith and his wife. Well, why would you be? Why are you looking to them? Why are you reading about their life to begin with? I don't. Why, no, why do we?
1: But I think, you know, Christians do. I mean, that the Bible, I mean, the apostles, you know, they talk about ungodly, you know, sex and stuff like that, you know, of the Nicolaitans or whatever come well, to Well, they are talk
0: about like a city.
1: It's or not like picking different... out a certain person. Right. So, I mean, again, is it right or wrong? I mean, it's, we shouldn't certainly be focused on the world and all the problems in the world. I just, yeah, you know, I don't want people to be... Because, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, you know, as we get more righteous and more holy we tend to pull back from the world and me and Nikki certainly have, uh, but not everybody. And we aren't where other people are and other people aren't where we are.
0: Um, It's more of the
1: idea of like, because I always thought Will Smith, and I, I, (laughs) for somehow talking about it without talking about it, but (laughs) like, I always thought Will Smith was, seemed like a really cool guy, right? Like seemed like a a guy that had a a level head. Yeah. So, you know, it might lead you into thinking that, Hey man, And this is along the line of all of these kind of stories, because we try mm-hmm. not to just go into straight trash stories of like, oh, you know, this celebrity took her clothes off today. That's wrong. Like, we don't want to do that. But more things that might be culturally influencing, because
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. a lot of Christians, as we've talked about the numbers plenty, they're pretty worldly people. Mm-hmm. So if there's nobody there telling them like, hey, this is a worldly in this is something I was going to talk about later in the show. I think we need to stop getting away from just calling things worldly and we need to move into just calling things straight antichrist because yeah. as Nikki's going to talk about probably later in the show, we're moving into, I mean, it's got to be getting close to the final days. <laughs> we live in an antichrist world. Mm-hmm. So much of what you see in here, it's not just worldly. It's antichrist. It's satanic. And I think you just have to be armed. You got to be able to see where it's coming from because it's coming from everywhere. Um, it's coming from all sides, people you may have once respected. You can't respect anymore. Yeah. People you thought might've been spiritual giants or even good people. Like they just aren't anymore. Mm -hmm. Everything is crumbling. Everything's falling away. And um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to, again, we're not trying to talk about Will Smith. Me and her, you know, decided we weren't going to talk about that, but we talked about it. So maybe I, did I win that battle?
0: <laughs> well, we talked about it in the way oh, that I kidding. talked about it.
1: <laughs> no. So we'll see how that goes in the weeks coming up, um, because I don't think she's wrong. We should be focused on the kingdom. And they
0: we're called to judge the church, not judge the world.
1: Right. So let point. us know what you guys think. If you found any of this sort of stuff maybe helpful or maybe an argument that maybe you didn't have that you, we helped you with, um, we want to know about that because, you know, we want to be helpful where we can. And again, we aren't theologians and stuff, so we don't really have the tools necessary to do, you know, exegesis work on the entire Bible and stuff like that. We know what we know. We study but a lot of it too, like I live and work in a pretty worldly environment. Like I see what people, even people that are like, yeah, I'm a Christian. And then they tell you what you they do and you're like, bro. Wait, <laughs> how
0: long have you been a Christian? I don't think
1: you are. That's what, what you, I
0: would be asking. Right. So like still
1: very much in the world. And you obviously, your your group of people that you associate with are a far godlier <laughs> group of people than what I I mean, I'm in the military. It's a pretty secular environment. And so for me, I mean, I see a lot of this stuff. and I'm like, somebody should tell these people. Like, So but we have different, different not different worldviews, but we see the world kind of in different sections. So maybe that's why I feel a little bit differently about it than maybe you do. Um, but we'll see. Anywho, moving on. There were bigger stories to talk <laughs> about than even Will Smith. So... Um, the big story of the week, I think, and probably sadly is still the vaccine. I think that's I think still
0: always going to be, cause that's going to get worse and worse. It's going to be more countries, more States. Let's just going to be
1: yeah. Spring. I think it's the vaccines always like, if you went on a tier list, mm-hmm. maybe not a tier list, but it's always like super bad. The only reason it doesn't take number one every week is because some things are just even worse, which we're is just hard to imagine. we tired of talking
0: about it, actually. Like what was our
1: number one story of the week last week?
0: Hmm. I don't remember.
1: Who knows? Anyways, this number week- number one anymore in my mind, um, Just to get off on the right foot for the vaccine, because we're not all doom and gloom here on religionless Christianity- um, and if you're listening to us, because we did have someone reach out on YouTube, and we always get this, oh, you know, I don't think religion means what you think it means. And, you know, they yeah. they don't know why we're called religionless Christianity. So if you're new to this show and you think maybe the same thing, um, we are very religious people. We love religion <laughs> in a sense. But the reason why we're called religionless Christianity has to do with Dietrich Bonhoeffer, um, our namesake. And... Please go back and listen to our, you know, who we are episodes. We did three episodes on why we started the podcast, why we named it the way we did. Uh, Those were the first three episodes we did. So go Mm -hmm. give those a listen. If you still have questions, um, please come let us know. But we don't hate religion. We're (laughs) religious people. Um, But yeah, as far as good news on the vaccine, and I'll ask you, I guess, but do you know who Andrew Wiggins is?
0: No, why are you always asking me? I love if asking I her about know. sports. Oh, is it a sports?
1: Well, he's maybe my new favorite basketball player. Um, <laughs> he's in the NBA, and there's kind of been a cool little, um, little pushback here in the NBA. So I think the NBA, they don't necessarily have vaccine mandates in the NBA yet, but they have mm-hmm. a lot of COVID policies that people must adhere to. And Andrew Wiggins... Uh, And we'll have all these stories, as always, linked in the show notes. But he plays for the Golden State Warriors, which are based out of San Francisco. And part of, I guess, the rules in California is you can't play. I don't know if it's like all professional sports or you just can't play certain sports if you're not vaccinated. So Andrew Wiggins, who's a pretty instrumental part of the Golden State Warriors, a former number one pick in the NBA, he can't play home games for the Golden State Warriors. Hmm. And because of that, there's a lot of pushback on him to get vaccinated because he might be the only player on their team who isn't vaccinated. And there's a handful of people. Ky, or Andrew Wiggins is big. Kyrie Irving, you probably never heard that name either. I've heard it. That's least. because he's a kook, or so they'll have you believe. He's a, I would say, free thinker. He's a flat earther. He's an anti-vaxxer. So it's kind of whenever Kyrie Irving says something, they're like, oh, crazy Kyrie Irving. (laughs) But then Andrew Wiggins says they're like, oh, here's, you know, we'll jump on, you know, Andrew Wiggins, because they know Kyrie Irving doesn't care. So they're trying to pressure Andrew Wiggins in to getting the vaccine, and he's pushing back so far. And this article right here from Outkick says he vows to keep fighting for what he believes. And I think Mm -hmm. that is what we should hope everybody um, stands for, doing what's right um, in their own life. And I'm reminded of the verse, I believe it's Romans. It'll be on the screen fourteen four, maybe. And it's where Paul, I think he tells them, and I'm roughly paraphrasing here, like what, um, nothing is unclean, like, unless you think it unclean, let me pull it up here. I can't, I'm going to butcher it. But basically, the idea is that, like, if you think something is unclean or essentially goes, like against, goes against your, against your conscience.
0: conscience, yeah, then
1: it is unclean and it's a sin. Yeah. And I think that's a big one in the religion or the vaccine and the religious piece of the vaccine. Uh, let me see. Is it 1414. Yeah, it says, I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself, but if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person, it is unclean.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I think that's something that a lot of Christians, especially the pro-vax Christians um, fail to see, Yeah, that just because it's not unclean for you... Mm -hmm doesn't mean that it's not unclean for somebody else. And now they're going against their conscience Mm -hmm. and they're sinning.
0: And their whole thing, like, atheist is like, well, what's true for me might not be true for you. Like, there's no ultimate truth. So it's just the whole morality changes and everything. The standards change between person to person. Like, there's no truth.
1: Right. And we know atheists have no leg to stand on and moral arguments and all that. So,
0: yeah, they need um, to stick with that, be consistent in what they believe and let you.
1: There's go nothing that. an atheist can be consistent <laughs> in. Um, but, yeah, so this is just a good story. Um, again, if you like sports like me and you want someone to root for, maybe go root for Andrew Wiggins and. Um, Sure, he yeah. could use the support right now. But in an even bigger story, you know, I'm diving into the uh, negative COVID news here, we got this from the Christian Post. And if you want to read oh, the headline, this baby, is the worst. Uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> awful. So,
0: if you want to uh, read that headline, okay. Um, New York Governor Kathy, I
1: think it's Ho- Hochul.
0: Hokel tells mega church. COVID vaccine is God's answer to prayers.
1: No. Like, uh, whose prayers?
0: You.
1: Thank you, <laughs> Kathy. Um, do you just want to go through the first, like, two paragraphs? Oh, I think.
0: I will try. Okay. <laughs> New York State's freshly minted and first female governor, Kathy Hochul, praised the Lord and wielded her faith at the Brooklyn based Christian Cultural Center on Sunday, telling congregants that. Vaccines against COVID-19 are God's answer to our prayers and urge them to become her apostles by encouraging others to get their shots.
1: Yeah. So, her apostles. you know what? Wow. Being an apostle of Christ is so antiquated and old.
0: Did you listen to the Tucker Carlson at the end of it?
1: I did not listen to
0: Tucker. Oh, it was so good. We will have Tucker.
1: <laughs> we'll put him up on the Discord. If you want to come find that? It was pretty good. Um, come jump on our Discord. We'd love to hear from you guys. We have like some show notes occasionally and we'll put videos up on there because we don't want you to be on Facebook and Twitter because those are godless platforms run by godless mm-hmm. people. I'm sure Discord, I don't know where their creators stand, but you can at least have just contact with us. That's why we have it. So,
0: yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, know, man. she says that you can be her apostles. And, you know, the idea, the word apostle, I think essentially means to send or one who is sent. Um, Obviously, it's typically associated with the 12 apostles and they are sent by the Lord to deliver his message. So in this instance, I guess she is the Lord and her message is um, COVID vaccines. Well,
0: she must be the Antichrist. Standing in the temple of God. Oh no no,
1: no because <laughs> I'm
0: just kidding. I'm not really saying that.
1: <laughs> well, I'm joking. I mean she says she's a believer.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Though they she does go on well, to say that she's Catholic. She's
0: Catholic, but she's in the Christian church. A Christian church? I don't know.
1: Sure, we'll call church. it that. Um just since we're on the church. <sighs> the church here is like they said, the Christian cultural center in Brooklyn and it's led by this fella named Reverend Bernard.
0: Looks like he's BFFs with Oprah.
1: Yeah, who seems to be a regular on CNN, you know that um that playground of the most religious, most fond of Jesus and adhering mm-hmm. to his values. Um yeah, Reverend so. Bernard here. So AR Bernard. It's a uh, he's a pastor of a mega church, 40,000. And what's fascinating about Pastor Reverend Bernard, as they tell you, he is. Let's see where it says.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: wait. I think it was. It was like everything that we feel like we've been talking about. Um,
0: Mm -hmm, Dr.
1: Bernard's strong business background helped pave the way. Have we not been talking about the CEO pastor? In right. the rise of the seeker-friendly church,
0: God didn't help pave the way. It was
1: so. Yeah. There you go, um, Dr. Bernard, the CEO apparently of Christian Cultural Center, yeah, and um, yeah.
0: the church Humble that beginnings. allowed <laughs> the
1: governor of New York to come and
0: he allowed um, it. I would be. Well, that's what yeah, was stu- I'd be out of there.
1: Like, what kind of pastor would allow? First off, a politician. Um, Second off, a politician who I'm certain supports gay marriage, transgender lifestyles, abortion, to come to his church and call his congregations to be their apostles. Think how anti-Christ that is.
0: You go to a supposed
1: Christian church and you call their congregation to be your apostles. Uh, Shouldn't they have a higher calling? But She goes on to say, if you want to read this next paragraph. Mm.
0: She says, we are not, we're not through this pandemic. I wish we were, but I prayed a lot to God during this time. And you know what? God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers, he made them come up with a vaccine that is from God to us. And we must say, thank you, God. Thank you. We must. We I like how she's that. like,
1: I think she goes on to say in here that they're smarter.
0: Yeah. I was going to say that the the I've, vaccinated are the smart ones.
1: Yeah. She calls the vaccinated, the smart so ones. She's
0: dividing the church. She's up there knowing some are vaccinated, some aren't. And when you, you're saying part of the congregation is stupid.
1: Basically. And she's all, <laughs> I think it's fascinating that she, you know, this is just good sort of propaganda one-on-one, like. These are the smartest men and women that we have. Mm-hmm. And you want to listen to smart people, don't well, see, they're you? Dividing the doctors the and church, the scientists. And then
0: they conquer. Divide and conquer the nation, divide and conquer in the church.
1: I'd be curious to know if she thinks the doctors and the scientists that are opposed to COVID
0: yeah, which are some one? of she the smartest men and women
1: <laughs> in the country. Yeah. Um, I would assume she doesn't think that. So... Um, yeah, it says down here, yeah, she then praised the congregants attending the church in person for being the smart ones and getting vaccinated, but added that there were those who aren't listening to God and what God wants, and she needed their help to reach the vaccine hesitant. So
0: was she, like, prophetic, and she heard from God that this is what God wants?
1: Well, it's funny that in all of her prophetic... um utterances from god he never told her that he wants babies in the womb to be born that's why he created them (laughs) he never whispered to her that he created man in his image male and female he created them he never whispered any of that to kathy he just said get everybody vaccinated have your own apostles and what's funny is she says that she wears a vaccine necklace Mm -hmm. um that so, sounds like a replacing mark the to cross. me. I
0: don't know. I'm just kidding. Yeah. But it just is odd. You just see that people have to have, it's like their badge and they're proud of it. And it's how they identify themselves, all this.
1: And <sighs> I would say, she says she's religious. Old uh, Reverend Bernard claims that she's very religious. Um, but she goes on to say, I've been a public servant my whole life. Uh, And I believe there is a strong intersection between the teachings of the new and the old Testament and what we have been told to do, the lessons we've been given delivered to us in places like this all over America. And if we're listening to those message or messages, it's calling all of us, but particularly those of us, those who've been called to serve as public servants, positions like governors and Congress members, assembly members, council members, and all of us have an extra weight of responsibility um, and we're so thankful for her for bearing that burden, um, uh, because as you've heard in the earlier songs today, and they're so beautiful, oh and goodness. I thank them for lifting my heart and soul, listening to music. One of the messages was God will keep his promise to you. God will keep his promise to you. Hockel said, oh my goodness. and then she says right after that, and I'm here or, and here is my promise to you, my friends, I will use the inspiration of God in my life and fight for you every single day as your governor beyond and beyond. Beyond. This is a straight <laughs> This is just a straight up like free fundraising event for a politician.
0: Yep. Yeah. You're
1: right. Um so I don't know. I don't know much about Reverend Bernard. Um not a big fan right off the bat. Uh, you know, we've been reviewing the rise and fall of Mars Hill, obviously, the last few weeks or months. Uh, I'd probably take me some Mark Driscoll over uh, Reverend Bernard any day. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just my opinion. Um, But in second, she's a career politician. This is just a personal note, not even a religious note. These people are succubuses. Like, these people that have been public servants their entire life, I was thinking about this this week, and I don't know how long it's been going on, but they're talking about this $3.5 trillion, whatever infrastructure bill that our Congress is looking to pass. And because it's a Democrat in the White House, all the news keeps pushing out, this is a zero cost bill. It costs zero dollars. It's a $3.5 trillion bill, but it costs $0. And the way they do that math is, well, it's all paid for. So we're not actually going into debt for any of it because it's all paid for. And I was like, this is the public servant, the career public servant, who's not a real public servant because they don't serve the public. They serve themselves Mm -hmm. and their corporate interests. But this is their mindset because it is all free to them because it's your money. It's not their money. All they do is free to. Yeah, they take your money, and when they need more of your money, they take more of your money. Yeah. This $3.5 trillion is free to them. Yeah. Just like when I go to lunch and I decide to maybe buy my kid a lunch, the lunch was free to him. "Eh, It's a zero-cost lunch, and you're like, "Eh, I mean, it cost me 10 bucks. (laughs) Well, but to him, it was a free lunch. I mean, it's a great day.
0: It depends on who's saying it politicians
1: stink. (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, you know, I would question her faith, you know, just reading these statements. If you're going to a church and calling people to be your apostles, a
0: politician to be in the pulpit and, you know, and women preachers, it's like two strikes and her just, I don't know. She just sounds phony. Very. I don't know. What, What was that sermon? Maybe we should listen to it and see what it was. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I heard snippets and the crowd was applauding. Um, so there you about go, the New sermon? York. Yeah, about being vaccine apostles. Oh, that was the whole sermon. To, was her being up there? I don't know if it was just oh. a snippet of it. But I don't know. This is a pretty disgusting story, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But whatever. I guess, I mean, it's New York, right? I mean, what do you want? This is this is what New York wants out of a politician, Um, and again, we've talked about this before, liberalism, progressivism, you know, this socialism, that is the religion and the politicians, they're the Pharisees, right? Leading that religion. Um, so.
0: Well, yeah. Well, what I think it was Tucker Carlson said, it's like COVID cult.
1: Oh, it's a hundred. They have, they have their own, I mean, that's replacing a Christian cross necklace mm-hmm. with your COVID, your yeah. COVID vax neck. Yeah, I, to
0: be wearing that in a church, you're really making a statement there, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you want to know what a modern-day cult leader looks like, yeah. um, Kathy Hochul, uh, there you go. That's your uh, modern-day... Uh, but, you know, she's awful, but it can get worse. Mm-hmm. Um, just think, you could be living in Australia, so... We got this story from The Blaze, and if you want to read this headline, honey.
0: Government officials declare unvaccinated Australians will lose their freedoms in October. And it's October.
1: And if you've been reading or seeing anything of what's been Mm. happening in Australia over the last couple weeks, you may have chuckled like me, and you're like, oh, that's when they had freedom? God have mercy on their souls then. Um but the article goes on to say um let me actually get it pulled up here. Um Australian officials on Monday again reminded their subjects, not their citizens. Right. I I know not I s- their countrymen, their subjects, which again you're socialist makes sense, right? Um, that the nation's zero COVID strategy has somehow given them the power to strip the people of their freedoms, which is mm. pretty nefarious. When you think about the idea that in order to have freedom in Australia anymore, they're telling you they have a zero COVID strategy. There is nothing that gets rid of COVID. The vaccine does not prevent infection and it does not prevent transmission. Yeah. There literally is no path to freedom in right. Australia. Yeah, Um, but you know, maybe until there's
0: zero cases. Is that what that zero covid part means when there's no more for a certain amount of time?
1: You have the right in Australia to die.
0: So if Um, one person has covid, they're just going to punish everybody like someone isn't complying. You're all grounded. (laughs) Well, no.
1: And this is the stupidity of the covid argument. And it's the same stupidity. Of the NBA and all these sorts of things because they're like, we have to do something, right, to combat COVID. So we're going to make everyone get a vaccine. But the vaccine doesn't fight COVID properly. Mm-mm. It doesn't stop infection. doesn't stop transmission.
0: Can't it stop loses
1: it. its uh, efficacy after just a few months, like so it's God pretty,
0: answered our prayers. I mean, go back to the other article. God yeah. answered our prayers by giving us something that doesn't work. So,
1: but this is true, <laughs> right? Because we all remember in the Gospels when Jesus laid his hands on the blind man and he got his sight back, and then after like three weeks he was blind again. Because that, he, no, he didn't. Because when God heals you, you're healed, right? That's not the way that it works. So, um, but. You know, reading this story, and you can go read through this, it's insane. Um, they're basically saying that they're gonna start l- giving freedoms back to their uh their subjects.
0: Those who obey. Yeah.
1: Those who yeah. obey and get vaccinated. It says right here, um Gobbledygook's announcement revealed <laughs> extra freedoms <laughs> residents can experience once the state hits 80% vaccination rate. Oh my gosh. And To me, I was like, this is what a nation looks like when our rights come from the government and not from God. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're a nation who used to understand that our rights came from God, um, but we're on the verge of giving our God-given rights back to the government so they can control them and then dole them out to us as they see fit. Um, you know, and it's all going to be for the public safety, right? Uh, mm-hmm. the community, the well, good of the community. They use
0: our scripture to control, you know, love your neighbor. Yeah,
1: well, you can where did that be... come from?
0: That came from the Bible.
1: And that's something Kathy Hochul in her, yeah, you know, stupid too. speech up there talked about, you know, you got to love each other. And again, completely, I'm going to go on a limb. God, forgive me if I'm wrong. Um, She's not a Christian. Uh, She's a politician. And if you're not a Christian, you're an anti-Christ person. You would have no bones about, you know, abusing scripture for your own gain, any of these sorts of things. So um, this is terrible. Australia, if you know somebody in Australia, man, it might be time to start working an underground railroad to start getting those people out of there. Um, They don't seem too far away from having ovens set up oh to start shoving people in those dastardly unvaccinated people i mean it's it's not funny i mean imagine living in there and we're on this the verge of this right like um we're seeing it people yeah. are losing their jobs losing their livelihood there's establishments you can't even go into anymore and um you know i just Wrote that, like, Mark of the Beast much, you know? I mean, (sighs) you may be sitting in California like, ah, Mark of the Beast, you guys are stupid. Yeah, be in Australia. You know, when uh, this next story here from Melbourne, disturbing videos from Australia show police engaging in brutal violence, going door-to-door, asking residents about participating in protests. So these policemen, if you scroll through this story, they're just... Beating people. I don't like
0: watching that.
1: Pounding people. I mean, you've seen all yeah. of them tackling people, ripping kids away from their parents to give them vaccines. Like they've gone insane. Um, I was talking to a, I think it was a coworker, maybe, and he was like, "Man, I thought Australia was like us." He was like, "I thought Australia was a free place," and like this was yeah. eye opening to him. Like, holy cow, that is not a country. Like, they it's not even a country we should be friendly with at this point.
0: Yeah, but their police don't have—they um, don't use guns, do they? I don't
1: think uh, they I mean, do. they do. I mean, this is talking about them using— Or oh,
0: the people can't own guns or something. Well,
1: no, and this is one of the big things, and you want to talk about the more subjects. political things. You know, the left in this country is trying so hard to get— um, get us to lose our second amendment rights, which is our right to keep and bear arms.
0: Well, they see how easy it is in Australia.
1: Well, and it was easy because I think it was like 20 years ago. Now I don't remember, but Australia had a, like a gun buyback program. And essentially the citizens of Australia gave all their guns back to the government. And Mm. within a few decades, you see this, they're completely defenseless now. And this is always the argument that the left makes, You know, with uh, us in this country having guns and stuff like that, you know, and I hate when even people that are gun, you know, advocates, Second Amendment advocates, they're like, oh, well, it's for hunting and sport. No, it's not. Mm. It's to stop a tyrannical government.
0: Just be honest. Yeah. Don't be ashamed to say what it's for. (laughs) Be like, you know
1: why I have guns? Look at Australia.
0: That's yeah. If
1: you're going to beat yeah. me, take my kids out, inject them with something I'm not okay with, like, you better be ready for a gunfight. Um, I mean, that's what our founding fathers would have done. And uh, we are not the same men and women we once were. That's for sure.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, pray for the people in Australia. They are in a desperate situation. And outside of God moving, I don't know what respite they have down there because that is not a free uh, society. It's a society where their rights come from the government and the government can take them rights if they want to. And they everything's want
0: to. a bribe just to get people to do wicked things. Like again, the love of money is the root of all evil. Really all the it wickedness is. going on in the world. You can follow the money.
1: Yeah. It's awful. It's terrible. Um, but, um, vaccine was not the only um, only thing going on in the world. Um, if you move to, well, yeah, we'll move into uh, there was a couple of stories kind of on the idea of schooling in this country that we thought were worth noting. And this one, again, comes from The Blaze. And if you want to read that headline, honey. Uh,
0: former Virginia Governor Terry McClendon
1: Mick McAuliffe.
0: McAuliffe says parents shouldn't tell schools what to teach their children. Hmm. Government school.
1: And this is always hmm. nice. I mean, right. I'm the kind of person I'm not a big fan of like, you know, the private life always being exposed and, um, you know, people just telling you and showing you everything about themselves, but I like it in the sense of, like, this, because I want to know who people are. You know, it seems like in the, the left and stuff in this country, you know, you hear a lot of times of, like, you know, these people are Nazis or whatever, and they kick them off yeah, of well, Twitter and of all Yeah, well,
0: power these. who's going to influence, like—
1: Well, even if it's just, like, your neighbor down the street, if he was a, na- a legitimate Nazi, which I don't think exists in this country, uh, but if he was a legitimate Nazi— would you not rather know that about him? Like, I would rather he has a swastika on his forehead oh. than being like, I don't know, I guess the kids can go play at, you know, Robbie's house. And then they're like, come back and they're like, yeah, we hate the Jews. And you're like, what? In God's name is happened?" Oh, Robbie's a commie. Like, I would rather know that about you. And same here. It's good to know that Terry McAuliffe doesn't care what parents think their kids should learn because he knows what your kids should learn. Um, And he knows that because, like Kathy Hochul said, he's smarter than you.
0: It's just very bold of him to say that. Like, that's just like what what parent is going to be like, yeah, he's right.
1: (laughs) Oh, Virginia's parents will, because he's not far behind in the polls. And he's a two term, I believe, or he was a uh, one term. So he's already been the governor of Virginia. Well, yeah, we
0: know there's parents who don't give a crap. New York's
1: parents would agree with him. California's parents would agree with him. Uh, New Mexico's Mm. parents would probably agree with him. Uh, because
0: I mean, you agree with him when you hear him say that, and then you keep sending your kid to school. That's you saying you agree.
1: Yeah, and this is why... I mean, we don't have any of these stories pulled up, but you've been seeing them all over the place. They've been especially coming from Virginia. It's one of the I think that's where Loudoun County is. And that's where you see all those like Facebook and Twitter. You know, parents are screaming at the school board about, you know, porn in the schools and all these sorts of things. And the parents are freaking out and the school board. You know, is pushing critical race theory or something stupid. But in my mind, it's all for show. Because you can go and scream and throw a fit, but if you just are going to turn around and send your kids right back to the school... Yeah,
0: they keep sending them back, right?
1: Then what do they care? Yeah, so, that really shows. Yeah, like you can sit there was... and be like, oh, Terry McAuliffe, how dare you? Mm-hmm. And then you just send your kids to school and you vote for Terry McAuliffe? Like, okay. <laughs> I mean... But it's also pretty ironic. Um, You know... Just to hear him tell you that, like, uh, parents shouldn't tell the schools what to teach their kids. Uh, I don't know. I mean,
0: I don't know. What is he?
1: I don't know if it's ironic. It's just. I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's eye opening, (laughs) I guess. Not ironic. It's just. It's sad, really. Yeah. So there you go. Um, Keep sending your kids to school. Uh, Wonder how they get indoctrinated. Um, And don't worry, there won't be any um, teachers left in those schools to tell your kids about, you know, standing up for their beliefs and not being vaccinated or anything like that Um, or not preaching racism because all those teachers have gotten fired. So um,
0: I don't know. It's just this next generation coming up. They're going to be. All the ones who are staying in these schools, they're going to be brainwashed. They're, they would be enemies with us, honestly.
1: Yeah, and this is where I think it comes to: you need to be in the world and not of the world. Like, I and this is again where maybe Nikki was right going back to the whole idea of what we're talking about. I think as Christians, we need to start pulling back much more from more. the world because mm-hmm. um, the idea that you're going to go into an ungodly. Hell hole like these public schools are in places like Virginia and California, New York, and that you're going to somehow be the difference in there and you're not going to get compromised, I think, is mm-hmm.
0: Wisdom unwise. is better than knowledge. And we're putting, you know, knowledge, <laughs> the wrong kind of knowledge, which is anti-truth. We're just feeding that to them.
1: No, and I mean, this is why Christians, you know, we always talk about the verse, iron sharpens iron, and the early church, they were these communities where they lived together, they took care of each other, and somehow we've lost that. We're in the mindset that, like, well, I can just move into, you know, downtown Manhattan, and I'll be the only Christian in a 40-square-block radius, and I'm going to take the city. Mm. No, you're not. Um, I mean— you're going to be compromised and you're going to send your kids to these schools to be indoctrinated and brainwashed. And, you know, you got to pull your, you got to pull your kids out of school. Um, And if that's not more, if that's not enough evidence, um, the next story here (laughs) we have from Yahoo. Um, If you want to read that headline, honey.
0: Okay. California pushes first us vaccine mandate for school children.
1: God bless them.
0: It's always California leading. It's always California.
1: And it says, um, California will enact the nation's first coronavirus vaccine mandate for school children. Doesn't that just have a good ring to it? (laughs) Governor Gavin Newsom said Friday, aiming to have all students in seventh through 12th grades vaccinated by next fall. Once the shots gain final federal approval for everyone 12 and over. This
0: is what I'm thinking. Like, okay, by next fall. And if there's more people coming out with all these really bad side effects, wouldn't we know more by then and people will be more hesitant by next fall? Like you're just thinking, how is it going to be possible for people to go ahead with it?
1: They've already made the decision. It's going to go ahead. People
0: have a year to decide if they are going to keep their kids in school.
1: I think you've already made that decision. Um, If you're because there's already schools in California that are locally demanding or mandating vaccines. This is now just a statewide. Yeah. Um, He goes on. He goes on this article and he says uh, the state will require students in kindergarten through sixth grade to get the vaccine. Once final federal approval comes for children five to 11. So you're literally going to go and get your kid an experimental vaccine at age five for a disease that has next to no chance to affect him. And it's all going to be so you can, I don't know, go to work, earn that money. Um, I know. Everyone's situation is different, but to me, this seems um, entirely ungodly. And this is the story we were talking about. Uh, Well, let me just finish reading this. He says, the governor seems to have been emboldened after easily defeating a recall effort last month, fueled by anger over his handling of the pandemic. He says he interpreted his landslide victory as an endorsement of his vaccine policies.
0: Hmm.
1: And then it does go on later in the article to note, in Los Angeles County the nation's uh, the nation's largest county with more than 10 million residents, just 1.7% of people tested for the virus have it. And daily infections are down by half in the last month when most kids went back to school. So 1.7% of Los Angeles County residents have tested positive for COVID. And in Gavin Newsom's mind, in the voters of California, that's enough to inject your five-year-old kid with the COVID vaccine, insanity. Um, and this is where we were talking about the the story where, um, if, if you want to touch on the point that you had about um, the restrainer.
0: Oh yeah, just um, just thinking about how it seems every every nation is um, in in one mindset. Like in one accord, like it's the spirit of lawlessness with a plan. And it's like every nation, all the leaders of every nation are like, they're just following, you know, like they have a commander in chief and it's the spirit of lawlessness. And I had here, I don't know if it was in second Thessalonians or, um, yeah, at the end of, uh, I guess it's chapter 24 in Matthew, um, just thinking about the time we're in, and just just think about where we're at as I read this, and Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying I am the Christ, and will deceive many, well, kind of like that.
1: Kathy Hochul. <laughs> no,
0: gosh, a type, yeah, <laughs> You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And I think this is where it's going, especially with the... um, with the religious exemptions they're finding out, well, especially she's going into the church. They're really targeting Christians because the people who aren't getting vaccinated are mostly Christians. I mean, I believe, I mean, because the religious exemptions are fine. All right. All the religious people are the enemy. So that part right there, they, you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake and all nations are going to hate us. And then many will be offended will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. He who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. And we know, I think the gospel has been preached everywhere. And that's another thing. Like with our technology, there isn't anybody who hasn't had a chance to hear, especially... You know, you can send the gospel to anybody, just over yeah. a message. You know, you don't have to travel personally. So this is the time we are in, and and then the other part that kind of goes along with this in Second Thessalonians, um, chapter two, um, says, uh, "Unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition." Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so he sits as God, the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Um, well the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Then the lawless one will be revealed. And and then it goes on, you know, he's gonna be destroyed eventually, but um it, it does seem because the whole world is in on it, like I said, they're following their commander-in-chief. It it seems like has has the restrainer been removed? And I know people want to interpret that different, but I know God is the restrainer of wickedness. If he moved his hand completely, um, it would be revealed the wickedness that we, um, the depths of wickedness we would go to. We are only as good as we are because of God, really, when he removes his hand, um, all hell breaks loose, really. And just look at it. It's, it's worldwide and everybody's in one accord. Like they're all following the same voice. And I think it's the lawless one. Like they're listening to his voice all together in one accord. Yeah. I don't know. I'm,
1: I mean, it definitely, it doesn't seem entirely far-fetched to think that we could be in a time now where maybe God's hand isn't fully removed, but he may be pulling it away yeah. right now um, Yes. in the point where maybe we're getting into the place where it's going to be fully removed and that restrainer yeah. is going to be gone. And
0: everything's going to be revealed. Like the sons of disobedience are going to be revealed and the sons of God will be revealed. Like I if mean, you're just already...
1: 20 years it seems like every week or month you're like this is the most nuts thing i've ever seen or heard yeah and it's just every week something else goes by where you're like holy cow i mean like you know we're sitting here in 2021 and we have an allied nations government that's building remote quarantine camps taking people's freedom beating them in the streets and we're just like well, I mean, you better get that vaccine. You know, if you want to, it's insane. Um, so I, yeah.
0: Is the restrainer being pulled away? Um, could be pulls himself away. He lets everything be exposed for what it is. So it makes me like, think like how much time to share the gospel. Is anybody still, is anybody being saved anymore? Like you know what I mean? If things are starting to just be revealed, it's like, well, is that time of salvation over and it's just a time of revealing now. Like, yeah. I'm not saying nobody can be saved. I'm not going to stop preaching the gospel.
1: No, but like the large widespread revivals and stuff like that around the world. I mean, I know Africa is kind of having a sweep of Christianity, but yeah, it's, it's definitely strange times and it's definitely not a time. And again, this is why we talk about pull your kids out of school and start sort of we need to start pulling ourselves back from the world and start congregating in like a Christian fellowship mm-hmm. again because
0: we as the restrainer right gets the removed,
1: word. we need to have each other um, yes. to stand with and you know s- strengthen ourselves with. So, um, do you have any final thoughts here before I dive into our good news story of the week? Because we want to end on some good news. Oh, go ahead. All right, this isn't a new story, but it's one that I've been wanting to touch on for a little bit because I find it fascinating. Um, and this one comes from the Good News Network, which I've talked to you guys about before. And it says, metabolism does not slow down in midlife as as is commonly believed, the study says. And then it goes on <laughs> down here and it says, the data suggests um. That our metabolism doesn't really start to decline again until after age 60. The slowdown is gradual, only 0.7% a year. Um, And then it kind of talks about as you get older again, it it does start to decline. But yeah, right here. um, I just thought this is so good because, man, you hear this your entire life. Oh, once you get into your thirties, you know, you just start packing that weight on. You and blame it
0: on your slow metabolism.
1: <laughs> I remember being at work and we had this, uh, overweight uh, kid that I think he ultimately got removed from the military. Um, but he had failed PT tests and, you know, he was overweight. You can obviously tell it. And I remember we were having a talk with him. I was probably 34 at the time. And he was like, yeah, man, you know, like as soon as I turned 23, like my body, it just couldn't keep the weight off. I was like, 23. I was like, my God, man. And uh, I mean, normally you hear that like once you turn 40, you just fall off a cliff or something. he's like, I'm turned 23. And I thought, and maybe this isn't good news for everybody because now you have to look yourself in the mirror and be like, okay, so I can't blame it on metabolism anymore. Uh, Maybe it's that 12-pack of beer I drink every night um, followed by that Burger King for lunch.
0: Well, that's what the story... When you're older, though, when you can't, it's just hard to... Yeah.
1: The article talks about that, that, you know, it's not really your metabolism that slows down. It's your lifestyle that really slows yeah. down. We become a lot more lethargic as yeah, we get older. I, we have desk definitely. jobs. Yes. Um, you know, you come home at night, you're just sitting on the couch, whatever and stress, happens. stress, to too.
0: Just stress alone can uh, cause can. you to hold on to weight. Yeah.
1: But then it's also the way that we eat and stuff. Like you watch the way, a, you know, a young kid, we have young kids, you see the way an eight or nine year old live their life. It's like a 20 hours worth of exercise. Like right. everything's yeah. a cartwheel into a, a roll, a twist. And then you're like,
0: that's Melanie. Can we yeah. just
1: not walk down the street? But you see a 40 year old and I mean, they can't even mow the lawn without sitting down to do it anymore. So um, <laughs> this may not be good news to you. If you know, you like to rest on that. Oh, it's my metabolism as you're like, yeah, but it gives you food. hope
0: like, Hey, all right. I think it'll help people. Um, do something about it.
1: Yeah, get it back good. into shape. All you have to do is basically
0: just yeah, act like an 8-year-old kid. Just have that energy. <laughs> yeah, all you have
1: to do is change everything about your diet and lifestyle. Isn't Everywhere that great you news?
0: go, cartwheel and skip and yeah, twirl I around. That's it. I want to
1: see a 50-year-old man cartwheeling down the street. <laughs> um, but so that's our good news story of the day. Your metabolism um, works better than you thought it did. So Um, Just quit knocking back the cheeseburgers and the beer. Maybe, I don't know, get some celery (laughs) and uh, this weird drink called water. And you might see them pound start coming off your midsection. Who knows? And then maybe, you know, you'll look better. You'll have a better relationship with your wife. Your marriage is better. Um, You know, who knows? It might spill over into other areas of your life
0: okay <laughs> it's worth
1: a try i think so do you have anything else you want to say as we get ready to wrap this episode up
0: yeah i was just gonna go on um and i don't remember which part of scripture it was and i lost my page um the love of many will grow cold um and i think i brought this up before uh, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, he who endures to the end will be saved. That, you know, how that enduring comes right after the part where he says the love of many will, will grow cold. We have got to guard our heart. It's not just about being right. And even if you know, oh, biblical prophecy is unfolding, but all the while you're hating your brother or sister in Christ over um, political issues or even about the vaccine you're in trouble if your love for the brethren grows cold. You are worse than the one who took the vaccine, honestly, because the issue of love is greater than whether or not you are scared of a vaccine or of COVID or whatever side of the fence you're on. I mean, right now, I mean, I'm not a person who says the vaccine is the mark of the beast, there's a lot of other things that need to go along with that but I, I obviously we've talked about it being a precursor to it so guard your heart that's number one don't let your love grow cold and and just think about being right so yeah that's all i was gonna say
1: no definitely. i, I needed
0: that too i'm not just saying it for everybody else that's definitely for me too because i can get pretty upset Talking about everything in the world and
1: no, we've talked about that before. The sort of the closer our walk with God, or the closer we've gotten to what we feel like with God in our walk, the more like judgmental it and harsh we become, and we have to catch ourselves to be like, you know, just because someone isn't where we think we are, like there's probably someone looking at us. But being we can't like, be mad, mad at them if we
0: don't warn them, because you save someone. From hell, like the scripture I know you've read before. Of um, course recently. I. Yeah. Well, yeah I think you <laughs> I mean, brought it up before. You kidding. you save them, and then you're not. You can't be pointing your finger at a brother for falling away when you aren't even going to them to warn them that they've fallen away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we have to be bold and not say, "Oh, you're being judgmental," by pointing out their sin. Like, no, you're judging them because you're letting them go into hell without trying to help them. That's worse.
1: Yeah, we are gatekeepers and guardians of this faith. Like you need to help people out and hold them, you know, to account mm-hmm. for this faith and help them yeah. along. And kind of in that vein, I was thinking about this with, as we end here on uh, Kathy Hochul again, Um, you know, that church that you're in, that's not just the pastor's church. Like he may be the pastor and started, but like, if that's, the church you attend, you're a member. That's your church, um, and you have a voice, and you should make it heard. You know, and if you have, I would say, if you have any politician coming to your church to come and give any kind of speech, I would have a huge problem with that. And you, you should as well, and you should make that known.
0: Especially if they're coming in and they're dividing your church like that,
1: right? And I was thinking about this because you know we go to a pretty pretty small church, and we have. Um, every Sunday they do, you know, communion, Lord's Supper, and, you know, we do the, the wine and the cracker and stuff like that. And, you know, we have the pastor and we have a couple elders. They're not necessarily elders, but they serve that role in the church. And I thought about this because we did the communion and we had visitors there. And the visitors had taken communion um, and the elders weren't aware of, you know, who they were or whatever. And I just thought about this because one of the elders came up to the pastor afterwards and like questioned him on it and was like, Hey, I just want to know, like, should we be giving the Lord's supper to just anybody that shows up here? If we're unsure of whether they're a believer or not, because the Lord's supper is for believers. It's not for anybody. And Mm -hmm. um, ultimately the pastor knew who they were. They were believers and stuff like that. But I was like, thank God for that elder to have the courage To walk up and be like, I want to make sure this pastor is doing what he should be doing, holding him to account. And it doesn't necessarily just take an elder. Anybody in that church that's a member had the right to call that pastor, email the church and be like, Hey man, like how dare you have someone come into our church and call us to be apostles to a vaccine cult?" Right. Like, are you insane? I mean, that's your church. I mean, first off, find a new church for the love of God, but this is just goes for a myriad of issues. If something's going on that you know to be against scripture, yeah, or you suspect to be against scripture, you got to have the courage to stand up um, and speak out against it. And you know, you may find that you were just not given the full picture, like happened in our church, um, or you may be the only voice of you know sanity or righteousness in that building. Um, and like she said, you could be saving people and leading them from <laughs> standing up and applauding a heretic, basically. Um, so just consider mm. that in your own environment, in your own church. Um, sometimes you might be the only one standing between, you know, your church and heresy, basically. So um, that's all we got for you guys today.
0: That's all? <laughs> yeah.
1: Sorry. We're, all, we're trying to make these episodes a little bit longer so we can expound on these things because we've gotten hemmed up before where people, you know, ask us things. And it's mostly because you know, when we were trying to have 20, 30 minute episodes, we couldn't really dive into things quite as deeply. So,
0: yeah.
1: um, you know, we still may not have said things to your liking, I guess, but that's where social media and the comment sections are. Uh, that's what they're there for. So please reach out to us and let us know. And we will try to uh, help you out and get to know you guys. Come jump on the discord. We'd love to hear for you. We'd love to pray for you and praise God with you. But that is all we got for today. Please come back on Wednesday. Um, support Nikki as she, I'm sure, does a wonderful job. And then this show will be called Religionless Christianity with Nikki and Spencer. Instead of Spencer and Nikki when I get back. So,
0: Okay. <laughs> all right,
1: that's all we got for you guys. Love you. God bless.
0: For America's climate goals, investing in clean energy adds up.